again. Time is 2.09 and it's a one two three show. Welcome back to the programme. And it is a Tuesday, which means that we join Andrew Dembina, our roving reporter, for the latest news on the global and local food scene. And here he is. Good afternoon to you, Andrew. Good afternoon, Sadia. That was a, a nice introduction. Very dramatic music you were playing just before that. <laughs> just for yeah. you, just so that I could oh, build up thanks. to your entrance. It was, it was It was. really dramatic, almost like a Bond theme, I thought. For a <laughs> yeah, it was quite good, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. It's not too bad. Yeah, 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 nice one. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, sticking with the uh, the drama that was it, that, that I felt in that musical force, <laughs> um, it's... Um, it's starting off with uh, the one out of three that are kind of more serious uh, segments, I suppose. It's, um, it's about the situation in Shanghai, how mm. it's affecting food supply. Yeah. Um, the, the, the situation, of course, being the lockdown of uh, most of the city. Um, and it was reported by Reuters on Sunday night that with, uh, at that point, a, uh, a roughly 25,000 locally transmitted COVID-19 infections in Shanghai, the authorities did make the effort to assure, to assure lockdown residents of China. Um, it, it is the most populous city, by the way. There are more mm. people there than in Beijing. Um, that uh, supply, um, slowness of supply because of bottlenecks, because of transportation being checked very thoroughly, etc., um, was going to ease. Uh, and won't be affecting the availability of food as much as people have been, you know, sort of mm. suffering from and, 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 and venting about um, because difficult. it was a real problem yeah. being able to get uh, food. I, I sent uh, Sadia a picture, this is for the listeners' benefit. Uh, there, are, there are a few pictures of, of, of what we're going to be talking about today, aren't there? But um, it's, um, it's of people passing each other. I'm not sure what the restrictions are. So there's a lockdown, but it seems that residents are OK to pop out um, with, uh, you know, just with a mask on, as everyone's wearing in Hong Kong, to get something. You know, when we... It's just I mean, one I, I, per I, household or something, isn't it? That one person from each yeah. household can. Yeah. A, a delegated, a delegated yeah. person. But, but it's, I, I don't know, just from some of the pictures of the, the kind of serious people in hazmat suits and so on, it does look quite, um, you know, it doesn't look, apart from the fact that people can't leave the compound of their building, mm. um, that, that other precautions are being visibly taken. Than, uh, than we're doing here for, you know, for quite mm. a while. Mm. So, um, however, not being able to go pop out and get your own stuff, it's delivery only. And so the picture that Reuters uh, posted, among others, the one that I shared with Sardia, is of motorbike delivery people um, just uh, just dropping stuff off. Over which, um, kind of plastic um, barriers and stuff and that's it. Yeah, yeah, mm. over, over a plastic barrier, uh, which people are not allowed to leave. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, it must be it must be difficult. I know it's gone on for weeks there. Yeah, the numbers the, nu- the numbers in Shanghai may be small by global standards. The article says, but um, but but, it, but the city is is uh, battling the worst outbreak since the virus emerged in Wuhan in 2019. So it is being taken very seriously. And as of Sunday, um, yeah, as I say, there were um, um, there were just under 24,000 wow. uh, cases. Um, and the um, Xinhua News Agency um, did uh, say that um, that they, <clears throat> sorry, that the authorities will be um, trying to wave through lorry loads of food so that there are no shortages to uh, to restaurants. And also, they got a couple of the main providers of e-commerce who um, who through which people are able to um, order ingredients. There had been some kind of 
um, slowness of getting things out of warehouses. Everything was being checked so thoroughly that yeah. it took a long time for people to get ingredients that they had ordered through the big uh, Chinese e-commerce giants to be able to cook stuff for themselves. So therefore, more people were being driven to um, the the, uh, the takeaway uh, meal option, and mm. that all got clogged up because uh, they, were, they, were just, they were just overwhelmed. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that situation will be quite uh, a logistical nightmare, isn't it? Just trying to sort that out. It's it crazy. does sound like it. I mean, it's unimaginable, really, yeah. for us here with a much smaller population that um, that, 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 that people, you know, that, that would have to order everything without leaving our home to mm. get in both ingredients or takeaway. It's um, yeah. It's it just more common uh, though in China to do that. I think in mainland, quite a few people always use delivery services anyway. The the it seems mm. to be quite a common thing there too. Mm. Right. right. Um, yeah, it, it would be in normal times. But the government has also been stepping into the Shanghai government has been stepping in to distribute food to buildings and neighbourhoods where they know that residents have not been able to get sufficient mm -hmm. deliveries mm -hmm. uh, because they've complained mm -hmm. and so there have been there have been some attempts to act on on feedback although there have also been videos posted on china um, social media that have shown uh, residents shouting at medical and security staff that they needed food out of desperation mm -hmm. because they really had run out of things or couldn't get delivery. So, but nevertheless, um, I, I don't know what percentages. Of course, it wasn't reported in this Reuters piece from Sunday night. But the um, but the, the 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 government is trying to act on those pleas for help um, and then distributing lorry loads full of food to residents when that happens. That's what they're attempting at the moment. Mm -hmm. So. Um, there are other cities in China which will face similar restrictions, probably. The, um, you know, very nearby to us, Guangzhou, which mm. is uh, not as large as Shanghai, but it's still um, home to more than double our population. There are 18 million people in Guangzhou. Mm. They announced uh, a halt to, to uh, in-person teaching at schools, and they're expecting a certain amount of lockdown soon. And the port city on the east of Ningbo, um, had to close all of its indoor dining at restaurants and hotels since the first week of April. Um, and people who had been in confined spaces, I'm not sure how that's defined, but since, uh, since April the 3rd, had to go through three days of daily testing. Um, and they are also now uh, having a little bit of a challenge with food supplies in the city as things shut down there too. So hopefully food and drink provisions won't be an extended problem in any of these places that uh, we've just spoken about. Yeah. And fingers crossed that things get back yeah, to normal so. uh, in just, just in terms of people being able to buy their own food and stuff. Yeah, so, it's yeah. a difficult time. That's yeah, so that's the that's the first report from today. And here's something very different mm -hmm. um, from Singapore, um, which is a craft beer made from what is called over there um, new water, new okay. something new, <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, it goes on sale to the public for the first time today. Okay. And new water, I sent you a picture. They, they're calling it new, new brew. brew. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's. that's so that's the brand that's using the locally reclaimed water. And this is very interesting. It's a very kind of green initiative by the government, uh, although the makers of the beer have, uh, have bought what is, you know, the new water from the, 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 the government uh, department that has been reclaiming water from um, both from surplus rainwater that has mm -hmm. gone into... Uh, 
reservoirs, but also they've been desalinating a certain amount of water around Singapore, which is predominantly mm. you know, surrounded by water. And this is uh, Singapore's National Water Agency. They work together with a local brewery company called Brew Works, and it's the second time that they have released a craft beer with Brew Works, but there are a few more of them this time. When it was done initially, there was such a good response, which was um, last, uh, last time it was done was in 2018. They've not been able to have an annual festival. This one sounds like a very specialist uh, in nature festival. They have the Singapore International Water Week. Oh, right. Okay. Sounds, sounds an interesting one. Yeah. I'll, put that, I'll put that one in the diary for yeah. the end of the I know. I can do that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The SIWW, Singapore International Water Week 2022, later this month, the beer is going to um, be one of the showcased products that is using reclaimed water. Such a great uh, thing. You know, Singapore uh, has some similarities, of course, many that are, uh, with, with, with Hong Kong, but one of them is that it also needs to uh, uh, rely on piped in um, water from Malaysia mm-hmm. and to, to like, like we do with mm. southern China. And so they have taken an initiative to try and uh, create some themselves out of what would be termed as either wastewater from rainwater because they get torrential rain being mm-hmm. on the equator even more than here and, uh, and also um, from seawater. So it's interesting uh, to note that the, it's low alcohol and mm-hmm. it's, very, it's kind of light craft beer. Mm-hmm. And the critics who have pre-tasted what's going to be launched today say that there's a kind of smooth uh, honey-like aftertaste. Okay. So it's for people who are not going for the kind of knockout special brew yeah. type yeah. of, um, you know, very strong beers. They're using imported materials, as do the craft breweries of Hong Kong. Hong Kong's quite keen on getting grain to make beer. That's barley a lot of the time, and the hops that give it extra flavour, but the essential ingredient is barley. Mm-hmm. Um, for malt beer, for dark beer. Um, and, um, yeah, they're getting, in Singapore, they're getting it from Germany, and they're also using hops from uh, Norway, wow. which are, a, uh, which are yeah, they're organic, and they are very local farm-produced ones from Norway, which are um, uh, which give it that kind of sweet taste. Sounds okay. really quite yeah, a good initiative. I, I'm not sure... Yeah, I hope it lasts for, long, uh, for longer than the, uh, the International Water Week. Mm. Uh, maybe they'll make it a regular thing. Yeah. Um, so the, the, uh, the organiser of the Water Week, which was a government uh, department, said that they were delighted the way these craft beers had turned out. It's making, I'm, I'm not really much of a daytime drinker at all, uh, and I've given up beer for some time because it doesn't, uh, doesn't agree with me in the same way that right. it would do years ago. So, so I end up drinking things uh, of an evening occasionally, which are a bit stronger. But I like the sound this of that This might one. be good for you because it's quite light, isn't it? So it's yeah. not so heavy, yeah. Oh. Yes, I think I think I think light in alcohol, the hotter the place as well, yes, is, uh, yes. is a good idea. And yes. Singapore's even hotter than here, isn't it? Yep, it so, is indeed. Yeah, I, I, I do have um, actually. I also had uh, um, three main points, and I do, but something very short um, in between my my last point mm-hmm. is a tipple-related um, thing again. Okay, this time from the Ukraine. And the oh. Ukrainian spirits industry professional um, organization l- have launched an international cocktail uh, fundraiser. So it's in the 
Ukraine. Mm-hmm. They have got uh, professionals to um, to make uh, on their cocktail list. They're, they're going to signpost one cocktail on the list using a sticker, which will indicate to the consumer that there'll be a donation uh, from that drink going to a, uh, a national charity, which is called uh, Budmoa. Mm-hmm. World and the term budmo is a Ukrainian toast, something that people say when they raise their glass sometimes, which translates in English as "let us be." It's mm-hmm. something that is traditionally said, and the funds that are going to be raised from 26 restaurants and bars in the two main cities of the Ukraine—that's Kiev and Kharkiv—which uh, jointly serve just under 17,000 people in those places per day, those 26 establishments, say that the funds will provide food to medical staff, the elderly and children, young mothers and people in need Mm. uh, in the Ukraine. That's a nice initiative, yeah. Yeah, something for a good cause. Mm. And they've also created some merchandise for these these special drinks with with, with T-shirts, coasters, that there, there will be on sale in those 26 places as well. I'm amazed the they can do something like together. that. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I suppose maybe from the outskirts, the less um, you know, the less yeah. kind of built-up cities, there are there are plants that make t-shirts and coats sure. and so on. Perhaps. Uh, finally, today from me, um, mm-hmm. a very interesting-looking uh, new book, which is part tales of someone's past and the generations before her, and it's also part um, recipe book from the Middle East, basically from Beirut to the to California in the USA, and it's a new book that's just being launched now by a female chef who runs her own restaurant too in California. Her name is Reem Asil, mm-hmm. and she is of Palestinian and Syrian parents. Mm-hmm. And her new cook, yeah, her new cookbook is entitled uh, Arabia. It's A R A B I. Yeah. Double, double, double AA, and, and the subtitle is Recipes from the Life of, a, of an Arab in Diaspora. I'd like a copy that of she, that. <laughs> yeah, actually, I don't, I, and I, I've, um, I've read some extracts as well as a very lengthy review, uh-huh. and it sounds easy, accessible. Yeah. She, yeah, so she heads up a restaurant that she's had for um, several years called Reams, which is in Oakland in the, mm-hmm. in the USA, mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 that restaurant has been up for final round of the uh, James Baird Foundation Awards for Outstanding Chef. So she's in the she's in the running for oh, that wow. right now before the book comes out. And her new cookbook, which is um, out this month, presents 100 plus recipes from family kitchens of of, of her own family and other people in the uh, uh, oh, Arabian descent. Yeah, it does. They're real domestic um, kind of recipes, a lot of them. Uh, but she also made sure that she put in some which show the complexity uh, as well. So it's not all dips and flatbreads. Mm. And, you know, there mm. are some mm. more uh, dishes with more to them than that for special occasions that people would have them traditionally. And she provides a lot of interesting context, like narrative as well. It's not just the straight recipes. It's not just an intro, but throughout the different chapters, uh, as, as a lot of good cookbooks do, she'll put a little bit of background in and talk about cultural aspects that she can remember as a kid. Um, but talking um, about some of the actual uh, recipes then, there's something um, which, uh, which there are some elements that 
that also have a crossover with the fact that she was uh, brought up in America. Um, it's her parents that came from the Middle East. Um, so with her and her relatives and, uh, and friends uh, and restaurants that serve Middle Eastern food in America, she says that um, there's often a crossover of using both American ingredients and also uh, techniques for cooking. It's not surprising. It happens everywhere where people, um, you know, ar arrive, um, emigrate and go somewhere. It's also a case of not always being able to find the native ingredients. Mm, that they might and have been then adapting, to. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, one thing that wasn't explained in, in, in an extract uh, that, I, that, I, that I read, I couldn't see the recipe uh, page on this one, but there were cheese-filled buns that get baked uh, and topped uh, with fragrant honey syrup, which is a which is a Yemeni treat. So mm. that's a it's a kind of a sweet, obviously a sweet um, bun dish, but with cheese. I'm going to guess that that is a kind of creamy uh, cheese. I would I would I would imagine, or uh, even if it's not creamy in texture, that it would be quite light rather than cheeses that you get, um, you know, like not like cheddar or, or mm. other more, you know, sort of deeply cheesy flavours. Well, that, all the Middle Eastern, the Lubne, like that's almost like a yoghurty cheesy. Oh, yeah. So that's yeah, quite yeah, light, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think it could be like that. And I don't, do, you, do you know the dish uh, shish barak, which is uh, it's a... Is that it's a, a, it's, a kebab? It, oh, it's, it's, it's the, the, I think the shish... Uh, uh, it, it doesn't, it's not really, no, it's a basic okay. uh, domestic Middle Eastern okay. dumpling dish. But that's cooked, it's, it's cooked in uh, garlic yogurt sauce and it's considered by her as being the ultimate uh, Arabic comfort meal, mm. that's what she says. That and in her, nice. in, in Chef Asil's recipe, yeah, the book, the book, in the book it comes from her mum's best friend, which is nice, and she makes it with um, her dumplings are in the shape of uh, rather like curved tortellini pasta shapes that they, they look like. They're stuffed with um, uh, with lamb uh, lamb filling, seasoned lamb, and mm -hmm. then that's tossed into a yogurt sauce that's drizzled with uh, mint oil. The thing of mint oil, that must be a nice way to lighten up. And, and lamb and mint. I wonder lamb, if, yeah, uh, beautiful. Yeah, I mean, that, it's classic in, in, in Western uh, cuisine as well as Middle Eastern, isn't it? Yeah. Although... Although mint, I'm not, I'm not a fan of mint sauce, actually. Are you? Um, well, I like you... mint, and I think, you know, yeah. mint, certainly in Middle Eastern dishes, like if you're having oh, yeah. taboulet and stuff, there's a huge amount of mint and, mm. and parsley in that. But it is nice. Uh, mint sauce itself is probably okay no, with that's... certain things, but, but mint yeah. as a herb, uh, you know, is beautiful. I, I love it. And I love mint oh, yeah. tea and things, too. Same, actually. No, same here. I was actually, actually... But what I meant was the mint sauce that is the sweetened... Yeah, the one that we have with lamb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, the like British serve up with lamb. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, quite yeah, strong. That's, yeah, that's quite yeah. vinegary too, isn't it? And, and very, can be very sweet on yeah. some of them. They, they, yeah, there are those that are very vinegary and watery, and then there are those that are more like uh, gelatin-like, which yeah. are just, just too sweet, Sadia. Yeah, really. yeah. <laughs> but this book sounds um, lovely, so, really nice. Yeah. It does. Um, she, she says of the book that food was the gateway, this is her speaking, for me to really look at myself and my roots and where I fit into a lineage, where my people come from and where they're going. She said that in reference to the fact that where they're going, because many of them have gone to live in other places and they are bringing in uh, a kind of crossing over of ingredients. So I'll just tell you the name of that again, because I can, I've got one eye on the time here. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Arabia 
spelt with a double Y at the end. And I think, Sadi, you've got that on your Facebook page if people yes. want to. You can have a look at all those pictures on Sadi Osmani on Radio 3 RTHK. Go to the Facebook page and you can see it's a lovely, colourful book too. It looks really nice. Mm. And is, is that available? Is. We can get it on, you know, we can order it online or online. something? Online, yeah, yeah. Just search the book's name and it is. I, I, I looked earlier, it is. The publisher is selling it online and uh, not sure if it's in the big booksellers or not. Another one that she makes really really quickly is she does dips as well. Oh, but nice. Not just with charred eggplants and so on. She uses roasted beetroots, butternut squash, lots of really interesting that we can easily get here in Hong Kong. Oh, that sounds really good, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's always nice to look at these because some of these quick dishes, especially in the summer when you don't feel like anything too heavy, it's a great one yeah. to use. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Andrew. That's brilliant. And uh, yes, people thanks, can have buddy. a look at that. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you on Thursday now. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Sure. Time.